You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Charles, as soon as Jesus is baptized, he's driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And that's not so far off for you and for us as well. Because the devil hates you. And he is working day and night for your destruction, for all of our destruction. He would see to it, the devil would see to it, that we come to the same end that he is destined for. And so it is that when we're baptized, when we're marked with the sign of the cross on our forehead and upon our heart to mark us as one redeemed by Christ the crucified, it's almost as if we have a bullseye painted on us for the devil. And this is quite a frightful prospect, this being attacked by the devil. For even Adam and Eve, who were perfect, our first parents, couldn't resist the devil, much less overcome him. And they were perfect and were not. We're sinners and we're dying. And it seems like the devil has us right where he wants us. Which is why, dear saints, the Holy Spirit has for us, for you, Charles, and for all of us, the gift of the gospel text today from Luke chapter 11, showing us how Jesus deals with the devil. The highlight of the gospel are these two little verses, this two little the two-verse parable that Jesus tells in the middle of the text, verses 21 and 22, these words. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when a stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and he divides the spoil. Now, what does this mean? Here's what it means. The strong man, that's the devil, Fully armed, and that's his armor. The devil is armed with the fear of death, with lies and with temptation and with a bad conscience. When this strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, that palace is the world, and especially the unbelievers. His goods are safe. That is the unbelievers. And and the unbelievers are locked down under the devil's kingdom. This and our safe is would be better translated literally, are at peace. And this is a bit of a strange thing for us to consider, that the goods of the devil are at peace. That is, that the unbelievers live in a peace. It's a false peace. It's the devil's peace. It's a peace that's built on lies. You've, you've done this. You've met people who, that aren't Christian. And they give no thought to their sin. They give no thought to their impending death. They give no thought to the judgment that follows. That's the devil's kind of peace. An untroubled conscience that isn't looking for help even though it needs help. But Jesus continues. His goods are at peace, but one stronger than he comes. That, Charles and friends, that stronger one, that's Jesus. The one stronger than the devil. This is really quite wonderful that Jesus is not called in the text the strong man, but the stronger man. 
And He attacks Him. That's the cross. And overcomes Him. That's the resurrection. He takes away His armor which He trusted. This again is the fear of death and a guilty conscience. And He divides the spoil. That, dear friends, is you. You, Charles, and all the baptized. You are the spoil. The loot. The plunder from Jesus attacking the devil. Jesus breaks into the devil's house where you are tied up and tossed in a corner and He cuts those cords that bound you and uses those ropes to tie up the devil. Jesus rescues you from the kingdom of darkness and transfers you to the kingdom of light. This is how it comes to us in Hebrews 2. A beautiful text. Since the children share in flesh and blood, that means you and I have a body, He Himself likewise partook of the same thing. Jesus became flesh and blood like us. That through death, He might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So it is, we know how Jesus treats the devil. He overcomes him. Where Adam and Eve fell, Jesus stands. Where Adam and Eve were conquered, Jesus conquers. Jesus grabs a hold of the devil, ties him up, and tosses him into the corner where he had you. Now, I don't know, it could be that as we look at this text, we're a little bit troubled that Jesus, when he tells a parable about himself, tells about him breaking in to some place and stealing stuff. (laughs) Tying someone up. Being violent. It seems like this person in the parable breaks the seventh commandment, you shall not steal. The fifth commandment, you shall not murder. But Jesus doesn't seem to mind the comparison. In fact, when he talks about the second coming, Jesus says, I will come as a thief in the night, warning us to be ready. But here's the point. Jesus isn't stealing. He's not taking what's not his. He, in fact, is winning back his own. It's the devil who is a thief, who took what wasn't his. Jesus is the Redeemer who comes to win it back, to win us back from the devil. And to do this, the devil will be destroyed. Make no mistake about this. The Bible teaches clearly that Jesus, in his death and in his resurrection, overcame the devil, defeated the devil, destroyed the devil. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3.8 And Jesus does this destruction, this conquering, this overcoming, which is a wonder of wonder, by letting himself be conquered. Jesus does not come and nail the devil to a cross. The opposite. Jesus hands himself over to the violence and darkness of the devil's kingdom. Jesus suffers the anguish of hell and abandonment by God. Jesus is the one who is then overcome, who suffers, who who dies, who's laid in a tomb. But the great mystery of our faith, dear saints, is this, that Jesus, in His being conquered, conquers. In His being destroyed, Jesus destroys the devil and His kingdom. His death is His victory. And the reason for this is, quite simply, because to win this victory, Jesus had to rescue you from the devil. You understand that the devil has something on you. 
He has something on you guys, on all of us. The devil knows God's law, and he knows that you've broken it. The devil knows what you deserve because of your sin. So he could simply stand before the Father in heaven and list them out. The devil could come to God and say, here's a list of Brian's sins. Go ahead and lower the boom on that guy. But now, those sins are forgiven. That list is covered in blood. Nobody can read it any longer. Jesus takes the fear out of death. The fear that comes from our sin. The fear that comes from the knowledge that after death there's a judgment and a reckoning. But it's not so for us. Not for the Lord's Christians. Not for those covered with the blood of Jesus. Not for the baptized. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, he will not come into judgment. That's Jesus' promise. He has passed from death to life. And this is why we have no fear of the devil, nor do we have any fear of death. For Jesus knocked the teeth out of death when he died for your sins. Jesus swept away the fear of the grave when he busted out of his own on the third day. For Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, the one and only who broke the cords of death, broke them not just for himself, but also for you. Jesus takes death, which is your greatest enemy, And he makes it into your friend. To live is Christ, says Paul. So to die is gain. Death no longer means separation from God, but rather life with him forever. And Jesus sets us free. In the devil's kingdom, we're bound up. Bound up with an, with an evil conscience, a guilty conscience, even if we don't know it. Bound up to the fear of death. Bound up to sin. In fact, the Bible describes us in our unbelief as slaves to sin, slaves to death, and slaves to the devil. But Jesus comes to set us free. It is one of the devil's greatest and most successful lies that he tricks us to believing that he is the one who wants us to be free. And the devil is the one Or, and God is the one who would have us bound. And, and, and the devil, now tell me if you recognize this, the devil does it like this. Look, he says, I want you to have what you want. I want you to do what feels right. I want you to follow your heart. Do you know that voice? I want you to live like you want to live, to be free. That's what the devil says. But this is not freedom. This is what the Bible calls a slavery to sin. Jesus comes to set you free. Free to live. Free to stand before His face with a clean conscience. Free to love and serve your neighbor without worrying about yourself. For you have a Father in heaven who worries about you. Jesus sets you free. And finally, Jesus gives you peace. Remember how the parable had this weird thing that the devil's kingdom was at peace? That false peace? Jesus takes you from that false peace and he brings you to true peace in his kingdom, in his church. 
where sins are not ignored, but sins are forgiven. Where the law is not passed over, but is it, it's in its proper place to show our weakness and our death. But the gospel then comes to rescue us, to save us and forgive us. Jesus brings to us peace with God. Peace found in the forgiveness of our sins. Peace that is the simple confidence that God is not mad at me. Charles, this is the life and joy and confidence and peace that the Lord Jesus has for you today in your baptism. This simple but wonderful comfort that God is not mad at you. He's not mad at your sins. He loves you. He forgives you. He even delights in you. The devil hates that confidence. The devil will fight with all of his might against that confidence. In fact, the devil will fight against you and against all of the Lord's Christians as long as God gives us life on earth. But we have this, uh, this comfort that the devil is destroyed. That his palace is routed. That you have been rescued by Jesus. May this be your confidence. And may this be the hope of all the baptized. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.